Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Your wife needs to know that in your eyes she's beautiful. And you need to express that to her. And I know sometimes, for some guys it doesn't come easy. But, because you have to understand that, you know, there's that saying, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And that's interesting because she sees herself very differently than you see her. We also have that saying, I have eyes only for you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Song of Songs. Words capable of such powerful effect. Are you intentionally building your spouse up with them? Pastor J.D. will describe today how the marriage relationship between a husband and wife parallels with how Jesus sees each and every person. It's a beautiful thing that despite your human nature, the Creator loves you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Song of Songs, Chapter 4, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Welcome to our Bible study. We're so glad that you're joining with us. We are currently in our trek through the Bible in the book of the Song of Solomon. It's going to be an interesting chapter. All right, well, really looking forward to what the Lord has for us tonight, and maybe not for the reasons one might think. It's a a very interesting uh, chapter, a very intense chapter, I guess you might say, for lack of a better word. All right, so two weeks ago, before Thanksgiving, we finished chapter three. That was the wedding procession. The uh, bridal walking down the aisle, I guess, would be the equivalent in our day. Here comes the bride. And then the groom in his chariot, his royal chariot, as he now, uh, with his entourage, comes down to and uh, for the wedding. And so now in chapter 4, it's the wedding night. And so we all know what happens on the wedding night. The bride and the groom consummate and celebrate their union where the two become one flesh, no longer two. And so that's what we have here in this chapter. You know, I was thinking this week as I was preparing to teach this chapter that it's such purity and beauty, and innocence, as God intended the sexual relationship to be between a husband and a wife. And sadly, as we're going to see tonight, there's several verses that are what I'll call blushing verses, you know. Because what's happened, of course, in our day and age, in this fallen, sinful world, is that which was made to be so beautiful has been perverted and marred and ruined and uglied, if I can use that word. 
What I'm hoping to do tonight, and I've been really praying about this, is to not in any way shy away from the intensity of the intimacy on this wedding night between the bride and the groom. But at the same time, I want to be certainly appropriate, but the chapter warrants and really deserves, I guess better said, a proper teaching and dividing of God's Word, in this case, in the sense that I really want to capture the beauty of what's here. Because on their wedding night, this is the beauty of the sexuality in its purest form. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's very sexual. I don't know how else to say it. You know, I think we talked about this prior. Maybe it's worthy to be noted again, but God created sex, right? God created sex to be so pleasurable, not just for recreation, but certainly for procreation. And whatever God creates, Satan perverts. And certainly when it comes to the area of our sexuality, this is Satan's prime target actually, because of what it represents. So there's so much here tonight, and I I don't want to rush through the chapter, but I am, as I mentioned, looking forward to what is in this chapter, because there's a picture of our wedding night. And our wedding night is going to be at the time of the rapture, when our bridegroom comes as a thief in the night, and snatches us away, and takes us away to his father's house, to that place that he prepared for us, so that we too could consummate and celebrate our marriage to Him. And so that's what is known as typology. It's a type, a picture, and it's also because we're going to celebrate the communion table together, uh, it's also I think the perfect time, and I sense this from the Lord, that it would be the perfect time to talk about not just the wedding typology in Scripture, specifically as it relates to the pre-tribulation rapture, but also the communion table. What if I told you that there is woven into the fabric of this chapter, and we're going to see it again, Lord willing, in the first part of chapter 5, where the wedding guests are addressed at the wedding feast of the Lamb, the wedding supper of the Lamb, as it's referred to affectionately in the book of Revelation. But what if I told you that in the typology, there's this magnificent scripture picture of not just the pre-tribulation rapture, but the true meaning of what the communion celebration is. And we're going to see that, and so I'm really looking forward to that. I'll do my best to um, teach through this chapter 
again in an appropriate way. And as the Spirit leads, and I, Lord knows my heart on this, again, I don't want to shy away from just the beauty <laughs> of this sexual union between a husband and wife on their wedding night, because it foreshadows and pictures the intensity, the beauty, the purity on our wedding night when we celebrate and consummate our marriage to the Lamb. All right, let's jump in. You ready? Okay, you sure? (laughs) You're saying that now. You just wait. Verse 1. The groom is speaking to the bride. And by the way, husbands, your wives can never hear this enough. Maybe not exactly like we're going to see here. The uh, references, the comparisons are uh, maybe not appropriate for us in our day. But your wife, husband, can never hear enough of your love for her. She can never hear. There's no such thing. She can never hear it enough. Behold. You are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. In our day we would say, you're fine. (laughs) Oh, she's fine. Is that too much? Sorry. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. (laughs) Your hair? is like a flock of goats. Oh, we're not doing so well now. Now just a minute, let's hear the rest of it. Going down from Mount Gilead. I know that's humorous, right? Guys, don't tell your wives her hair is like a flock of goats. It's not going to go well. It won't bode well. So here's the imagery here. Here's the picture here. In that day on the mountainside, the flock of goats would, as they went down the mountain, would flow down the mountain. And from a distance, it was this beautiful, long, flowing hair. That's what he's saying here. I wish he didn't have to use goats, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Again, I'm going to kind of, I hope it doesn't, it's not too discombobulating, but I kind of want to go back and forth between the practical application as it relates to the marriage relationship and then also the typology. And I say that to say this, guys, you know, your wife needs to know that in your eyes she's beautiful. And you need to express that to her. And I know sometimes for some guys it doesn't come easy. But because you have to understand that, you know, there's that saying, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And that's interesting because she sees herself very differently than you see her. We also have that saying, I have eyes only for you. Now here's the groom beholding, looking, seeing his bride in this way. Now, typically a wife does not see herself the way that he sees her. But is this not a beautiful description of how it is that Jesus sees us? That's what this is about. Verse 2, this is again... 
Your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep. (laughs) Just a minute, just wait. Which have come up from the washing. Thank God you brushed your teeth, darling. It gets worse. Every one of which bears twins, and none is barren among them. In other words, she's not missing any teeth. No, that's what it's. None are barren. They're all together like twins together. All your teeth are in place, and they're white. Beautiful, your teeth. Let's move on, verse 3. <laughs> I think that speaks for itself. But there's a lot of symbolism here in the terms of what this represents. You know, the eyes, of course, the windows to the soul. The teeth have a special meaning. And now, verse 3, we get to the lips. Your lips are like a strand of scarlet, and your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like a I'm sorry, a piece of pomegranate. What? (laughs) Temples, the the face, the cheeks, the mouth, the lips. Uh, Not the exterior of a pomegranate, thankfully, but the interior of a pomegranate. Sweet, delicious. I'm not going to go any further than that, so. Verse 4, your neck is like the Tower of David, built for an armory, on which hang a thousand bucklers, all shields of mighty men. Wow, what a neck. That's one long neck, right? What? You're hanging shields on the thing? It's an armory? What in the world? Again, guys, I would not recommend saying this to your wives, surely. Okay, what's this about? Okay, see it like this. The neck is a symbol of the strength of character or the lack thereof. Stay with me on this. Okay, you know how we have in Scripture a reference to being stiff-necked? It's a symbol of stubbornness and obstinance. But this is a neck symbolic of the strength of character. Not arrogant, not obstinate. No, there's a strength of character. All right, verse 5, here we go. Your two breasts are like two fawns. <laughs> Twins of a gazelle, which feed among the lilies. Now, again, I want to be appropriate, but I don't want to shy away. Uh, This is the wedding night, and she is now undressing. And the groom is beholding her beauty, her sexuality, in all of its purity, as she's undressed before him. So, I don't know if you notice this or not, but one can count seven physical features in what we just read in these first five verses. What do we know to be true about the number seven? It's the number of completion. 
You know, I uh, early on in our marriage, my wife and I would, you know, you know how when you're first married, you're just the talk, you talk to each other so differently. Go back and watch some of that home video. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, we were so sappy. We had little pet names for each other. I don't know what yours were. I'm not going to tell you what ours were between my wife and I, but, you know, pumpkin, you know, cupcake, and, you know, all of those, you know, cute little words. And, well, that was then, and this is now. So, oh, did I strike a chord? I, so, I'm not talking about my marriage, of course. You know, I'm the pastor. We have a perfect marriage, so... No, it's kind of interesting, but when that, that, that new, fresh love. And this is what is happening here. We would say to each other, you complete me. And that's true. You complete me. That's what he's saying here. You are a symbol of perfection and completion. And so there's this description of her perfect beauty, physically and figuratively. And it's very poetic. It's very majestic. Verse 6, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of myrrh, and to the hill of frankincense. You were all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you. Again, we're going to talk about that more in a moment, but it carries with it this idea of purity without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. Verse 8, come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. Oh, first mention of being now his spouse, with me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Ammonah, from the top of Senir and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. In other words, come away with me, I'll protect you. You're safe with me, come with me, come away from the threats of the lions in, in the dens and the leopards on the mountains. Again, this speaks to practically the marriage relationship. Guys, this is the way God has wired, for lack of a better way of saying it, your wife. She has to have that protective covering over her. You are her protection. You are her covering. She needs to feel safe and secure under your protective covering as her husband. Verse 9, you have ravished my heart. I like that word ravished. You'll forgive me for liking that word ravished. You're ravishing. And then he says this, and don't get too hung up on this. He says, my sister, my spouse. This was a cultural thing in that day but it also kind of has this thought of, you're my sister spiritually, my spouse maritally. You know, guys, before marriage, you know, you're looking at that woman, and you have to understand that she's your sister in Christ. 
And you know what that means, right? That's a daughter of God. You both have the same heavenly father. That's his daughter. I'm a father. I have a daughter. Be very, very careful. <laughs> yeah. Never forget when my daughter was young, and this is when, before we were homeschooling her, and she comes home from school one day, and she's just crying, crying. What happened? Oh, this boy. Really? Uh, was so mean to me. What is his name? <laughs> and I'm an earthly fallen father. How much more so our Heavenly Father, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes. Oh, isn't that interesting? This is so true. Man, I mean, you know how it is, guys? When she just looks at you with that look, I'm putty in your hands. You have ravished me, you have melted me, you have captured me. And here's the thing, wives, I think you know this. That's the problem. You know that look. You know how to give us that look. And you know when you do, that's it. Anything. (laughs) up to half of my kingdom, just with one look, just that one look. And it goes both ways too. There's the other look too. You know what I'm talking about, right? As only a wife can, man, she'll look at you in that way and just like, oh dear, Uh uh-oh, oh my, what did I do now? And by the way, just a little side note parenthetically, wives, you really have to understand that we don't get it. You think we get it, but we don't. And by the way, we cannot read your minds. I don't know where you read that or heard that. It's not true. And I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the line, it's like the wife says, well, if I have to tell you, then it, forget about it. It, it doesn't mean as much now because I had to tell you. No, it doesn't work like that. We need to be told in very simple terms. Spell it out for us, okay? because we don't know. That's why when you give us that look, we give you our look like, right? (laughs) Okay, well, I think you get the point. He says, with one link of your necklace, how fair is your love? Verse 10, my sister, my spouse, how much better than wine is your love? and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. It's easy to read through the book of Song of Songs and think it only applies to couples, but the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to